the Lord this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on and put your hands together this morning. Stand upon your feet. Begin to give God glory. Begin to give Him praise for the things that He has done for you on this week. Begin to give Him praise for the things that you are expecting Him to do on tomorrow. Begin to honor Him for His grace. Begin to honor Him for His love. Begin to honor Him for His power. For He is God and He alone. For He is God and He alone. We bless the Lord, all our souls, and forget not His benefits. For He is God. He has done some great things for us, Bethel. He has done some great things for us. He has already done some great things. And we bless him for those. We bless him and we believe that he is faithful and that he will do more. We believe that he is faithful, that he is true, that he is honest. We believe his word. And we just want to give him a praise on this morning. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, drop it and give God praise. For he is a worthy God. For he is a worthy God. We bless him this morning. We bless him this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the name of the Lord. For he is truly a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today I will be reading Psalms 116. We'll start at verse 7 and read to 11. Hallelujah. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. And the word of the Lord is a blessing to our souls. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now, if you will pray with me. Hallelujah. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord of all, we bless you this morning. We love you. We honor you. We see you moving. We know that you are protecting. We know that you are delivering. We know that you are setting captives free. And God, we bless you for that. God, we thank you for the way that you have fed us and clothed us and put roots over our head, even in the midst of the storm. God, you have been diligent. And we glorify your holy name for those things. But not just for that, but because you are God. Now, God, we ask as we're moving forward in service that you will open up your windows and pour us out a blessing, God, that will cause us to sing praises like none other. That you will open up your window and pour out blessings that will remind us not only of what you've done, but how you insist 
on keeping us in the midst of the storm. God, we bless you because we know that even if you don't do anything else, you have already done so much that we should still open up our mouths and honor you and praise you and worship you. But God, as we are hearing the word today, let it be edification for our hearts. Let it be food for our thoughts, God. Let it be a way to propel us further into the kingdom for your work and for your purpose. God, we honor you because we know that you will never leave us or forsake us. Even when it feels like things aren't good, you are still ever present. Now, God, we thank you for our pastor, and we thank you for the words that you are placed in him for this purpose and for this day. And we know that as he stands before the pulpit, God, that you are going to give him a reminder of what it is that you have sent him to do. And he's going to pour it out in a way, God, that everybody that listens can hear and understand and receive what they need. Now, God, I ask that you will also take care of his family, that you will um, begin to show them and guide them in the ways that they should go. Now, God, I also want to thank you for the musicians who show up here diligently. God, protect them. God, give them grace. God, help them to understand what you need them to know. God, everybody has a purpose and a plan here for this place. And you have put it in us. So, God, we ask that you would just dig deep in us today. That you will pull it out. That it will manifest on this day. And that it will propel into future. God, I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know how you're going to do it. But I know that today is the day that the Lord has made. And we do rejoice. And we are glad in it. So, God, thank you. Thank you for being present. Thank you for being God. We love you, we honor you, and we glorify your name today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We do pray and believe and let everybody say amen and amen. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Good morning, Bethel. Oh, how wonderful it is. Oh, how good it is to know that Jesus promised that he take care of us. We can call him in the morning. We can call him in the middle of the night. And when we call him, he'll make everything all right. It don't matter what the problem may be. Jesus promised that he take care of you. So if you remember the song, sing it with us together. And we're going to lift this up as one big family all over. Oh, how. Wonderful. Oh, how wonderful it is. Jesus promised. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Say, oh, how, oh, how marvelous it is. Jesus promised. Jesus promised he'll take care of me. Oh, how wonderful. Oh, how wonderful it is. Jesus promised. Jesus
God, you deserve all of the glory. You deserve all of the glory. You deserve all of the glory. You deserve all the glory. So satisfied 
so satisfied with myself. Yeah. Oh, he means more to me than anything, anything that this world could ever
up your mouth and bless him. Bless him, bless him, bless him. Bless him until you get the glad glass. Bless him until depression freeze. Bless him until you feel like giving him glory. Bless him until you feel like giving him praise. Bless him until you're not concerned about your circumstances. Bless the Lord. All my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless his holy name. Bless his, I'm gonna say it till I feel better. Bless his holy name. Bless his holy, bless him in the morning. Bless him in the evening. Bless him late in the midnight hour. Bless his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I made up in my mind that I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Sometimes you just gotta let the devil know you tried. You tried. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know you tried. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in. That's why I say, bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within him. Children might be acting up, but bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is with the pockets might be a little light, but bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me may be experiencing hell all around you, but bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Hallelujah. If you're visiting with us, I promise you we're not crazy. But we just made up in our mind that we're going to bless the Lord on today. And not just bless him, but we're going to bless him real good. We're going to bless him until hell gets nervous. <laughs> we're going to bless him until the enemy start to flee. We're going to bless him. Until we feel our load get light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. We bless you. We magnify you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. We say that you're worthy. Worthy of the glory. Worthy of the honor and worthy of the praise. Hallelujah. 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 God, we bless you. We magnify you. We adore you. 
Hallelujah. We just had to get that one out this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We greet you in divine love to let you know that Jesus is the answer for the world today. Amen. Welcome to another live stream service, Bethel Baptist Church. Amen. If you caught us mid-holler, that's all right. Catch up. Join in. Throw back your head. Holler. Amen. Shout hallelujah. Say bless the Lord. Do something. Because we are not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And therefore, that's our declaration today. I will bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Tuck that one away. And all week long when the enemy tried, just bust out singing it. I will bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And all that is within me. Bless his holy name. See, when you bless him, that's a decision. <laughs> you, you make a choice to still give him glory in spite of what you're going through. You're making a sound choice to still raise your hand amidst all of the hell and turmoil. You're making a sound decision. That even when you don't know how it's going to turn out, you still going to shout. Hallelujah. Amen. It's offering time. It's offering time. Amen. And in that same spirit, we're going to give. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. While we get ready to take up the offering, just let us know where you're watching with us. Let us know where you're watching from. Amen. We have multiple ways that you can give today. Uh, you can give by downloading the Church Center app. And once you download the Church Center app, find Bethel Baptist Church. And there you can click on give. You can put in the amount that you want to give and designate to where you want that money to go. Uh, and then you can also give by mailing in your envelope or dropping it off here at the church, 2474 Dale Earnhardt Boulevard, Kannapolis, North Carolina. Again, 2474 Dale Earnhardt Boulevard, Kannapolis. North Carolina. Also, you can text to give. Text to give. Uh, if you just send messages to 84321, type amount that you want to give in the message box uh, and hit send. And then you can give by way of texting. And then last but certainly not least, if you're watching by way of the broadcast, if you go to the top of the page, you can click on the giving icon. Click on the giving icon uh, and it will take you directly to our PayPal account. Uh, you can put in the amount that you choose to give as well as designate where you would like for that money to go. Uh, so multiple, multiple ways that you can give. As always, we do not have a preference as to which way you give. We are just grateful that you continue to give. Amen. I trust that you've had ample time to prepare those offerings. So let's get ready to look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you now for this opportunity to sow into your kingdom. Father, we pray that no one will suffer for what it is we are about to do, God, but that you would cause us to be blessed. Lord, you said in your word, God, that if we give, that you would cause men to give back into our bosom, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. So, God, we thank you now for that increase. God, we pray a special prayer today, as always, for that individual who has a desire to give. But on today, they just don't have it. God, bless them so much so that the next time we're taking up an offering, they're able to give out of an abundance due to the way that you have blessed them. Now, God, as always, we pray that the uplifting of this offering will go to further your kingdom and your cause. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 
Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for your giving. Amen. We want to thank God for all of you who are watching with us. Amen. Over on YouTube, we thank God for Michelle Stewart and family, uh, for Katrina Smith is watching, Lynn Trapp. Amen. Rhonda Thomas, Elder and Deacon Ship, uh, Minnie Buster, Keisha Miller, uh, Minister Anthony Williams, uh, Harriet, Tony Franklin, Atiba and Cheris Torrance. Uh, my mother-in-law, Barbara Hammond, is watching with us on YouTube. Uh, Kim and Bill Middlebrooks, uh, Deacon Bonita and Alan Anderson is watching with us. Sister Glenda Green and family is watching. Erica Martin, Tony and Vivian Knox. Amen. And Sister Deborah Johnson, they are watching with us on YouTube. Uh, we thank God for them over on Facebook. Amen. We thank God for all of you. Amen. Patricia Clowney and Michelle Asbury, Mike Asbury is watching. Shawana Brock. Amen. It's watching the Waltons, Elder Jeffrey Walton, Elder Robin Walton. Thank God for you all. Amen. Chantel Balknight Thompson is watching. God bless you. Amen. The Balknight, the Thompson family. Amen. And my good friend Titus. God bless you guys. Ricky Maddox, my man. God bless you. Good to see you. Minister Marquise Gaines. Good to see you today, sir. Sean Willis is watching. Terrell Campbell is watching. My man, John Allison. John Allison is watching. Priscilla Allison. God bless you guys. To the Allison family. Amen. Rod Allison. Let me tell y'all something. I pulled up this morning and got out the car. And as I'm heading in the church, uh, a car pulls up and starts just, Pastor, I need you to pray for me. So I turn around real quick and there's nobody but Rod and Kim Allison. I couldn't do anything but bust out laughing. Uh, my brother, it's always good to see you all. And thank you so much for always spreading laughter and cheer. Amen. God bless you uh, for always joining us on the uh, live stream. Also, Sister Allison, God bless you. Amen. Darren Dry and family is watching. Uh, we thank God. Uh, Elder Ramona Cox, stand back. Amen. Jonathan, stand back in family. God bless you all. Amen. To Diane Beaver, who is watching, God bless you. Amen. Uh, to my family, my mother is on, Jerding Hammond, Philip Hammond, my grandmother Eunice Blakeney, uh, Kim Sewell, Broder Sewell, Sharon, James, Lottie Dottie, everybody, of course, my wife and children are watching. Amen. So we're going to uh, just send a shout out to everybody uh, who is on so that we can go ahead and get to the word of God. And then I'm going to get out your hair. Uh, you can go enjoy your sunny day and I'm going to go enjoy Tom and Jerry with Jolie. And uh, we're just going to call it a day. Amen. So thank God to all of you who are watching. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter number 6. Luke chapter number 6. Verse number 6 through 11. Luke chapter number 6. Verse number 6 through 11. When you have it, if you're in the building, say amen. When you get it at home, just begin to send us some hearts. Thumbs up. Nothing deep today. We might shout at the end, we might not. I don't know how you're going to receive the middle. But you should have got it in early. <laughs> Y'all already know it's a setup when I go in like that in the beginning. <laughs> you might or you might not get it at the end. Depending on how you receive it and depending on how tired and out of breath I am. <laughs> Luke chapter number six. Luke chapter number six. New Living Translation, Luke chapter number 6. I'm going to read down through verse number 11. It says, on another Sabbath day, a man with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. 
But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? He looked around at them one by one and said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. At this time, the enemies of Jesus were wild with rage and began to discuss what to do with him. Verse number 10, one more time. Here's what it says. It says, he looked around at them one by one. And then he said to the man, hold out your hand. Briefly this morning, I want to speak to you from this topic. Go ahead. Show them your hand. Go ahead. Show them your hand. And for all of the religious people who are seriously offended by the ace of spades and the king of whatever that is, this message is really for you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you now for this day, for this is the day you made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to assemble ourselves one more time. Some of us in this place, some of us over the social media platform, but God, nonetheless, we are here and we are waiting to hear a word from you. Speak to us with clarity as only you can do. There's one today listening that does not know you in the free pardon of their sins. Convict, convince, and persuade right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, help me now to teach and to preach your word with the Holy Ghost boldness, but not with an arrogance. Hide me now behind the cross so that the people will see none of me but all of thee. Now may the words of my mouth, meditation of my heart, be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go ahead and show them your hand. One of my favorite pastimes has always been playing cards. Ever since I was a young teenager, playing cards has been a joy and something that my family has always done. Yeah, we say, yeah, we Holy Ghost feel. Yes, we speak in tongues, but we will get upset if you renege. Amazing. Oh, I know he hot now. <laughs> we, we, we enjoy cards so much so that oftentimes as kids, uh, when my parents would go off to work, uh, we were left with only two tasks. One, to make sure that the house was clean when they returned, and the other was to watch our little sister and make sure she was okay. And so, uh, me, Kim, Sharon, my cousin Tanya, Maurice and my other cousin Tony Stewart. Uh, we would sit around the kitchen table playing spades until about 2.45. And then we would jump up in haste trying to complete our chores before our parents got home around 3.20 or 3.30. Even now at family functions, we'll break out a deck of cards and we'll play either a game of spades or either a game of tongue. And what I've come to realize over the years of playing both of these games is that sometimes you are dealt a hand so good that you can't help but to show others who are not in the game 
exactly what you have in your hand off the deal. Some of you, you've been there. Joker, joker, deuce, ace, king. And you sitting there like a kid in the candy store. Ooh! And you just have to show somebody. Because it seems as if it is too good to be true. Ah, but then at other times, your hand is so bad that all you can do is keep your hand to yourself and try to bluff as if your hand is just as competitive as everyone else's hand. But deep down inside, you know good and well that there is a strong possibility that you are about to lose this hand. Now here's the difference between a spades hand and a tunk hand. In tunk, you are dealt five cards, and as the game progress, you are able to pluck or pick a card from the deck, and you can either keep it and discard one of the cards in your hand, or you can discard the one that you pick from the deck. In other words, when it comes to tunk, as it is with some other card games, you actually have the opportunity to change or improve the hand you were dealt. However, when it comes to spades, you are dealt 13 cards per person when playing with partners. And whatever hand you are dealt is the hand you have to play with. And in many instances, the game can seem so unfair and cruel because time after time, it seems as though you are the only one always being dealt a bad hand. And when you have a hand that is bad enough in space, I don't care how great of a player you may be, the only way for you to win, the only way for you to overcome it, the only way for you to experience victory is to have a partner that has the skill set, the ability, and a strong enough hand to carry you both to victory. And just as it is in a game of spades, this game called life has a way of dealing you and I bad hands. We are receiving cards on the deal just like everyone else, but as the cards come in, we are not receiving uh, anything that is setting us up for victory. As the cards come in, we are not receiving anything that would cause us to think uh, that we have it made. As the cards come in, we are not receiving anything that would suggest uh, that we have been put at an advantage. In fact, uh, with just a glimpse of our hands, many of us can tell that we are in for an uphill battle. Many of us could tell with just a glimpse of our hand uh, that we are indeed starting out behind the eight ball. With just a glance at our hand, it becomes evident that if victory is solely dependent upon our hand, then we are definitely about to take an L. But I'm so thankful to God that he knew that we could not win at this game of life alone. So he made it possible for you and I to have a partner in whom we can depend on. A partner who is able to help win even with the subpar hand. A partner who will remind you that unlike spades, winning in this game called life has little to do with the cards you were dealt and more to do with how and who you play them with. In other words, Jesus, uh, 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 in, in your life, uh, uh, make sure that even if you were dealt the bad hand that caused you to be poor, you don't have to stay that way. With Jesus in your life, just because you are started out at the bottom, it, it doesn't mean that you have to stay there. Whatever your disadvantages may have been before you partner with Jesus, uh, he is able to turn them into advantages. And whatever weaknesses you had uh, before you partner with Jesus, he is able to turn them into strengths. And this, my brothers and sisters, is evident in the text that we read earlier this morning here in Luke chapter number 6, verses 6 through 11. There is a man in the text uh, that has received a bad hand in life, both figuratively and literally. This man is in the synagogue on the Sabbath, and he is listening to Jesus. 
Jesus teach the word of God. Also in the synagogue was the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees. They were waiting to see if Jesus was going to break the law and to do any work on the Sabbath by healing this man's deformed hand. And this is what I love about Jesus. He already knew what they were thinking. He already knew that they were trying to catch him up. And instead of backing down, Jesus tells the man to come and stand in front of everyone. And after looking every one of them one by one in the eye, Jesus told this man to hold out your hand. And when he did, his hand was restored. That's the whole story. We, we, we really could go home. Uh, but I'd be afraid that most of you didn't really get the just of the story. So let me, let me let you in on a couple of things. I want you to notice that after he told him to hold out his hand, or as the King James Virgin says, stretch out his hand. Watch this. He does not pronounce a healing, nor does he lay hands on him. Uh, however, when he stretched it out, uh, it was already healed. Which means that the man didn't need to hold out his hand or stretch out his hand in order to be healed. What Jesus was saying to him was simply come and stand in front of everyone and show them your hand. I'm the only one about to shout because I know where I'm going with this. See, I started out talking about spades and I started out talking about tongue, but I didn't mention poker. See, see, see in poker, watch this. Uh, 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 the object of the game is to have the best hand, not when the cards are dealt, but when the hand is over. And oftentimes when a person wins in poker and he wants you to know that he did not win by bluffing, he wants you to know that he did not win by happenstance, what he'll do is show you his hand. He, he, he turns his cards over because he wants you to know that this game is over. He, he shows you the hand because he wants you to know that I am indeed the winner. He shows the hand. Because he wants you to know that he is victorious. He'll reveal his hand so that you will not have to wonder whether or not he deceived you. He shows his hands so that everyone watching will know that he won despite the hand that he was dealt. And so Jesus now, watch this, has this man to show them his hands so that they will know that regardless of what the religious law says about healing on the Sabbath, he is more concerned with relationship than he is with religion. And that's the whole story summed up in about eight to ten minutes or so. But let me go back and explain a couple of things that will help you and we can then go, go and enjoy the rest of this beautiful day. Verses 6 and 7 says this, on another Sabbath day a man was with a deformed right hand was in the synagogue while Jesus was teaching. The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees watched Jesus closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. These two verses really uh, don't seem to be very interesting verses at first glance. Uh, it's not until you begin to ask a couple of questions uh, that these verses begin to get uh, interesting. For starters, uh, if Jesus is teaching in the synagogue, why are the teachers and the Pharisees trying to see if he was going to heal this man's deformed hand or not? Uh, because no Nowhere do we see in the text that this man asked him to heal him. The man does not say, Jesus, can you heal me? But yet the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees show up in the synagogue while the word of God is going on, not to hear the word of God, but to see how they can be messy. And it's a whole lot of people right now that's in my ear. Pastor, why we not in church? Pastor, when we gonna get back in church? Pastor, the internet just ain't doing it for me. I'm gonna tell you why the internet ain't doing it for you. It's not because the word ain't going on, but it's hard to be messy at home. <laughs> I told you, you might not shout when this is over. Here it is. Watch this. They are in there. The word of God is going on, and they are not there to hear the word of God. They are there to be messy. 
that they are there to see if Jesus is going to heal this man and this man hadn't even asked Jesus to heal him. In other words, some people show up just to see what else is going to happen today. But not only that, watch this. Secondly, uh, it becomes interesting when you begin to ask, if we don't see this man asking for healing, why did Jesus heal him? Well, here's what I came to discover. Uh, Jesus did not heal this man because he asked to be healed, but Jesus healed this man because it allows Jesus, watch this, to prove his purpose. If you're taking notes, that's my first point. Jesus heals this man because it allows Jesus to prove his purpose. Look at what it says in verses 8 through 9. Uh, but Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or is it a day to destroy it? Jesus asked the Pharisees a question and the reason that he does so is not because he doesn't know the answer. But he does so because one of the best ways to teach people who don't want to learn is to ask them questions. But I love the way that Jesus phrases the question because he asks it in such a way that he answers his own question. The way that he worded the question, he reveals that there is no neutral ground when it comes to helping people. He, in essence, is saying to them that they are so caught up in the Sabbath, they are so caught up in religion that they can't even reach souls. And can I help somebody right through in here this morning? There are still people in the body of Christ uh, that is so stuck on rules uh, and religion uh, and what day is the real Sabbath uh, and they don't even realize that they are showing no concern uh, for souls. Uh, can I tell you that it does not matter to Jesus uh, whether or not we assemble on Saturday or Sunday. Uh, after all, what is the difference? One is the Sabbath day and the other is the Lord's day. It really don't matter to him. All he wants to know is that you're going to show up uh, and fellowship uh, and worship him. Uh, can I tell you uh, that it really don't matter to Jesus whether or not I'm preaching in a hoodie and jeans or whether or not I'm preaching in a three-piece suit and tie. His only concern is whether or not we are harvesting souls. Can I tell you that it really doesn't matter to Jesus whether or not the gospel is preached by a man or whether it is preached by a woman. His only concern is that souls are being reached. Lord, deliver me from the person who get up and walk out because it's a woman preaching. Well, I, I, just, I just can't receive from a woman. Religion. Religion is standing in the way of us reaching souls. How dare you come in the pulpit with sneakers on? Listen, I can't make this stuff up. We, we out to eat one day. And we're sitting down and we're eating and the lady across from us is on the phone. She's talking loud. She says, girl, I went to church today. And you ain't going to believe it. The preacher had on a jean suit and some Tims. I said, hmm? She said, and, and, and not only that, he, he, he had on a T-shirt and he was just quoting songs that wasn't even hymns. I'm like, hmm. I wonder if she came to Belfort. But I started tripping because now, we wasn't at Bentley's, but we wasn't at McDonald's. You talking about me in a jean suit, but you in red lobster with a bonnet and pajamas. I can't make this up, and if you're watching, and if you was here, 
I heard your conversation, hear mine. You got to understand that people get so caught up in what you have on that they don't even realize who you're trying to reach. They don't even understand that there are some people, watch this, who don't have a suit, who don't have a tie. And if they come to church and everybody is suited and booted and we smell up our nose because they got on jeans, they may not ever come back. But if they walk in and the preacher got on the same thing they got on, if they walk in and the deacons have on the same thing they have on, maybe you can reach somebody. Deliver us from these religious people. Can't even concentrate on the word for wondering what somebody else got on. Yeah, the skirt short, but maybe that's all she had. These people were religious. And watch this. They were so caught up in religion that there was no relationship in the building. His only concern, Jesus' only concerns is that souls are being reached and the purpose for which Jesus came to earth was so that Christianity would not be about the Sabbath, but that it would be about the souls. Romans chapter 8, verses 3 and 4, let me give you scripture. It says, the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, Christianity is not about the Sabbath, but it is about the Savior. Uh, it is no coincidence that we see Jesus breaking the law by working on the Sabbath twice in the first 11 verses of chapter number 6. He, he is sending a clear message, and that message is simply saying that he is not bound by the Sabbath. In fact, he makes this loud and clear in Mark chapter number 2, verse 27. Look at what it says. It says, then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. And so now we see why Jesus healed or restored this man's hand. It was because it allowed him to prove his purpose. Uh, but the healing of this man's hand wasn't just for Jesus to, to prove his purpose, but it, it also allowed him to prove his passion. I'm back in the text, verses 8 9 again. But Jesus knew their thoughts. He said to the man with the deformed hand, come and stand in front of everyone. So the man came forward. Then Jesus said to his critics, I have a question for you. Does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath, or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or destroy it? See, I told you earlier that nowhere in the scriptures did we see this man asking for Jesus to heal or to restore him. The Bible simply says that this man showed up in the synagogue to listen to Jesus teach. But because this is Jesus that we are talking about, this man does not have to ask Jesus to heal him in order for Jesus to heal him. But I believe that Jesus was able to discern this man's thoughts and he was able to sense his desires and therefore he healed him. I, I know. I know that sounds a little far-fetched for some of you. I, I know that sounds crazy. Uh, but, but, but when I look in the scripture, verse number 8, here's what it says. It says, but, need, but Jesus knew their thoughts, talking about the Pharisees. If he was able to know the thoughts of the Pharisees, isn't it possible that he may know the thoughts of this man? See, after all, this man didn't come for anything else but to worship the Lord. 
But while you are worshiping, there are times that a window open for you to just commune with the Lord and to get in the spirit. And sometimes uh, in a spiritual manner, the Lord is able to deliver some things to you uh, that you did not even come to expect. Uh, but because you was in the right place uh, at the right time and seeking the right one, uh, he steps in and gives you exactly what you need. Watch this. This man, he, he, he has a deformed hand. And no doubt, no one wants to stay deformed. So uh, I'm sure that he has been waiting for his change to come. And watch this. When you are driven by passion and not by policy, you are able to look past procedure and focus on people. I just messed somebody up. Let me say it one more time. When, when you are driven by passion and not by policy, you are able to look past procedure and focus on people. It didn't matter to Jesus that it was the Sabbath day. The fact that there was a person in front of him that had a need to be restored was enough for him to forego compliance and be moved with compassion. So Jesus healed this man to let the Pharisees and the religious teachers of the law understand that while they know everything about the law, they know nothing about love. Ooh, and now they're preaching to every church on this block. How is it that you can know everything about the law but know nothing about love? That's a good place to shout because the love of Christ, watch this, doesn't stop here with this man who had a deformed hand. But his love is available for all of us as well. And when he sees the hand that you've been working with, he will wait until the audience is big enough. He will wait until the crowd has all eyes on you. He will wait until religious people try to keep you down. And it is in that moment that he will raise you up. It is in that moment that he will revive you. It is in that moment that he will restore you. And here is what I love about Jesus. While everybody else is concerned about the law Jesus is concerned about your life while everybody else is concerned about religion Jesus is concerned about relationship while everybody else is concerned about how you treat the Sabbath Jesus is concerned about how you treat the souls because Jesus says it's all about love and not about the law okay let me see if I can make it plain Luke chapter number 10, you don't have to go there. Verses number 30 through 37, Jesus replied with a story about a Jewish man who was traveling from Jerusalem. He was going down to Jericho and he was attacked by some bandits. He was attacked by some, some, some criminals and they stripped him of his clothes. They beat him up and they left him half dead beside the road. And then the Bible says that a priest came by, but when he saw the man lying there, the priest got to the other side of the road and passed him by. But after that, a Levite or a temple assistant, he walked over and he looked at him lying there, but he also passed by on the other side. But then the Bible says there was a despised Samaritan who came alone and when he saw the man he felt compassion for him he went over to him and he began to soothe his wounds with olive oil and wine and he bandaged him up but then he put him on his own donkey and watch this he took him to a hotel motel holiday inn where he took care of him and the next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins and said take care of this man and if his bill is higher than this I'll pay you the next time that I am here so then Jesus says, now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits? And then the man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Watch this. Jesus is not concerned with our titles because he knows that you can have the biggest title in the church and still not love on your people. He is not concerned with what position you hold because he knows that you can hold the position but still won't 
hold a door for somebody. He knows that at the end of the day, all that matters is the person who has compassion for his brothers. The message that Jesus is sending when he heals this man in Luke 6 it's the same message he is sending with the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. The church has to stop being legalistic and start being more loving. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3 verses 1 through 3, you know it. He said, if I could speak all the language of earth and of angels but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I did not love others, I would have gained nothing. What are we doing, church? If we can keep all the rules and keep all the laws but can't love people. You can't love people who don't worship like you do. You can't love people who don't live in the same neighborhoods as you do. You can't love people whose skin don't look like yours do. But yet you want to keep all the laws. No. Jesus says, watch this, it's not about the law, but it is about the love. Jesus wants them to know it's not about the law, but it's all about the love. So while they are checking for him to break the law, by working on the Sabbath, Jesus restores or he heals this man who has been dealt, dealt a bad hand. So the healing of this man's hand wasn't just for Jesus to prove his purpose. And it wasn't just for him to prove his passion. But lastly, healing this man's hand allowed Jesus to prove his power. Verse number 10, it says he looked around at them one by one and then said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. There's a strong sense of irony in this statement by Jesus and the healing of this man. Undoubtedly, there, there, there had been a whole lot of talking, a whole lot of speaking about the scriptures that day in the synagogue. And while the man with the deformed hand sat there, watch this, uh, unattended, unhelped, and probably judged, uh, watch this, Jesus says just a few more words. But in doing so, the man was healed. Uh, G Jesus heals this man and he doesn't lay hands on him. Jesus heals this man. He doesn't grind up any herbs. He, he heals this man. He does not use any kind of medicine. Watch this. But he heals him through the power of God. And verse 11 says that the enemies of Jesus was wild with rage and they began to discuss what to do with him. Why are they so mad? Uh, watch this. I, I, I don't really have time to get into it, but the truth of the matter is a whole lot of commentaries, uh, they, they, they were trying to figure out did Jesus really break the law? Because did he physically do anything? See, here's the thing. Here's the trick. Uh, the Pharisees, here's their answer. You don't see it there, but you have to do some studying. Uh, there is an occasion in which you can heal on the Sabbath. But it has to be an emergency. It has to be a life-saving emergency. Uh, but watch this. They don't see what Jesus just did as a life-saving emergency. But watch this, it's not a life-saving emergency when you haven't been dealt the same kind of hand this man has been dealt. <laughs> See, it's hard for you.
you to relate to me when you don't walk in my shoes. Uh, see, to you it's not a big deal because you have everything laid out for you. Everything is going well for you. Uh, you got all your titles. Uh, you sit in your lofty positions. But for some of us, uh, it is a life emergency because we've been dealing with stuff for way too long. Uh, we've been mistreated way too long. Uh, we've been called out of our name for way too long. Uh, we've been dealt bad hands for way too long. Uh, and so while you don't see it as a life emergency, I want you to know that Jesus still sees it as a life emergency. And not only does he see it as a life emergency, but he shows up and he does something about it. They are upset with Jesus. They are wild with rage and they began to discuss what to do with him. Why are they so mad? Well, it's really not that clear here, but we get a clue when we look at what it says in John chapter 5, verses 16 through 18. It says, so the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. The Pharisees were so mad because they knew that this type of healing could only come from God, which means that the Pharisees were so intent on keeping the Sabbath that they would not allow God himself, who gave them the Sabbath, to go against their man-made traditions about the Sabbath. But even in the midst of a bunch of religious people, even in the midst of a people who did not want to see the man's conditions change, Jesus exercised his power. He exercised the power of God to see to it that things turn around for this man who was given a bad hand. And as I get ready to take my seat, I need to address just a few people in here today that have been dealt a bad hand in life. Your bad hand may be sickness and disease. Your bad hand may be poverty and misfortune. Your bad hand may be loneliness and despair. Your bad hand may be separation or divorce. Your bad hand may be sadness and depression. Your bad hand may be sin and transgression. But whatever your bad hand may be, I hear the spirit of the Lord saying, don't be ashamed of your bad hand. In fact, go ahead and show them your hand. Show them your hand as a sign of victory. Show them your hand as a sign that things are about to change. Show them your hand. Let them see your sickness and disease. And right in front of everybody, God is going to alter your bad hand because he was wounded for your transgression. He was bruised for your iniquity. The chastisement of your peace was upon him and with his stripes you are healed. Go ahead and show them your hand. Let them see your sadness and your depression and right in front of everybody. God is going to alter your bad hand. He said in John 16 and 33, these things have I spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, 
but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Go ahead and show them your hand. Let them see your sin and your iniquities. And right in front of everybody, God is going to alter your bad hand. He said in 1 John, chapter number one, verse number nine, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Go ahead, show them your hand. Let them see your loneliness and despair. Go ahead, show them your hand. Let them see your separation and your divorce. Go ahead, show them your hand. Let them see your poverty and your misfortune. And right in front of everybody, God is going to alter your bad hand because the Bible says, now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. All I'm trying to tell somebody on this morning is regardless of the hand you've been dealt, God is about to give you victory regardless of what you have been through, regardless of what you may have lost. God has noticed your hand and he's getting ready to bring about restoration in your life. Go ahead, show them your hand so they'll know just how far God has bought you from. Go ahead, show them your hand so they'll know exactly what God is capable of doing. I know it's been rough playing with the hand you've been given, but God is about to open doors in your life. I know it's been rough playing with the hand you've been given, but God is about to usher you into a place you never thought your foot would tread. I know it's been rough playing with the hand you've been dealt, but God, God is about to set you at the table with people who's going to value you and your gift. I know it's been rough. I know it's been hard. I know you had to cry some nights, but let me remind you, be not dismayed. Whatever be tied, God will. Yeah, God will, he'll take care of you, no matter what may be the test, God will take care of you, lean weary one upon his breast, God will, God will, God will take care of you, if you believe that God will, take care of you if you believe that God can give you victory even with the hand you've been dealt open up your mouth shout yes 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 tell somebody down in the comment section I don't believe shut that he bought me this far just to leave me 
I don't believe that God will turn his back and walk out on me. Why? Because he said in his word, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. God has a way of taking your bad hand and still giving you victory. God knows that you only have an ain't a diamond. But what you don't know is ain't a diamond is the highest card on the table. Your eight is gonna trump day six. Your eight is gonna trump day four. Your eight is gonna trump day two. I may not have the ace of spades. I may not have a king of heart. But as long, yeah, as long as I got King Jesus, long as I got King Jesus, I know that I shall have the victory. I know you've been dealt a bad hand, but God has given you the best partner ever. And here's what I like about it. Sometimes when I have a bad hand, I start out a little down. But when I watch the way my partner slam his ace, and then when I watch the way he slam his king, and then when he say, oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. My hand ain't changed, but my perspective did. Because <laughs> even though I've been dealt the bad hand, I'm starting to sense victory. And I ain't got nothing in my hand, but I got a mouth full of junk. And I start talking just like he start talking. Why? Because I got a partner that's strong enough to carry me to victory. And I want you to know today that even if you're looking at your hand and it looks like it's a bad one, Jesus got your back. He has the hand of all hands. In fact, his hands are so strong that no one can pluck you out of them. <laughs> and so watch this. It don't even matter if you show them your hand. Because they can't beat you one way or the other. Because you've got a partner that has your back. I'm done. Perhaps you're here today. You're listening today. You don't know Jesus and the free partner of your sins. You've not partnered with Jesus yet. You've not asked him to forgive you of your sins. I want you to know just as you are, you can come to him. What must I do to be saved? It's simple. The Bible says all you have to do is believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Lord that he died on the cross for your sins, then you shall be saved. If that's you today, and you want to give your life to the Lord, we offer Christ to you. There's a number on the screen, 877-295-4888. Call the number, let them know that you want to give your life to the Lord. They're going to pray with you. They're going to walk you through the plan of salvation. Then they're going to get some information from you. 
so that we can get some information to you. But you have to make the first step. Give us a call. Secondly, you may be listening today. You say, at one time I was walking with the Lord. Pastor, you're absolutely right. I, I got mad. I gave up on God. I gave up on the church because I, I felt like I had been dealt a bad hand. I felt like I couldn't win no matter what I tried. But today, after hearing that message, even with the hand I've been dealt, I know now that I can have the victory in Jesus. So today, I want to rededicate my life back to the Lord. If that's you today, you want to rededicate your life back to the Lord, give us a call. The number is on the screen. 877-295-4888. Call them and let them know that you're in a backslidden condition, but that you want to rededicate your life back to the Lord. They're going to pray with you. They're going to go through the plan of rededication with you. They're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. But you got to give them a call. 877-295-4888. Then perhaps you're listening today. You're watching today. You say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I'm in right relationship with the Lord. But today, I don't have a church home. I, I don't have a covering in my life. And I know that I need to be somewhere that I can grow in the Word of God. I need to be somewhere that I can fellowship with brothers and sisters of the same faith. I need to be somewhere that I can exercise the gift that God has given me. If that's you today, and you want to become a member of this church, this local body, we offer Christ to you as well. The number is still on the screen, 877-295-4888. If that's you, give us a call. Let us know that you want to become a member of this church. We're going to rejoice with you. We're going to receive you on the Christian experience. And then we're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. And then last but certainly not least, perhaps you're here today, you're listening. You say, Pastor, I'm already saved. I'm in right relationship with the Lord. I'm already a member of the church, or perhaps you're not a member. You may be visiting with us. But on today, you're standing in the need of prayer. You need someone who will touch and agree with you. You need someone who will intercede on your behalf. If that's you, the number is on the screen. 877-295-4888. Give us a call. Let us know that you desire prayer. We're going to take your prayer requests. We're going to pray with you in confidence. Then we're going to get some information from you so that we can get some information to you. But you got to make this call. In these four areas, if you need salvation, if you need rededication, 
If you desire to be a member of the church, or if you simply need prayer, we offer Christ to you. The number is on the screen. In the day that you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Come on, let's give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Amen. To God be the glory for all the things he has done. Amen. Just a few pastoral observations we want to make you aware of before we are dismissed. Man, we're going to ask that you would continue to join us each and every Tuesday morning for prayer at 6 o'clock a.m., 6 o'clock a.m. Uh, you can dial into the prayer line by calling 712-432-3900. The access code is 723-410. Uh, so again, that's 6 o'clock a.m. every Tuesday morning. Uh, the phone number is right there, 712-432-3900. Access code 723-410. Amen. Pound hashtag, whatever you want to call it. Also, Wednesday night Bible study. Wednesday night Bible study is going down every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock p.m. The Zoom meeting ID is 865-4849-7916. Uh, the password is BBCM, all lowercase. Uh, please, ma'am, please, sir, uh, join us on Zoom and get your midweek word. Uh, also, the, the BEC scholarship application period has been extended. BEC scholarship application period has been extended. It is now open until Friday, March the 12th, 2021. Uh, to see scholarship criteria and to apply online, visit www.becscholarship.org. If you have any questions or need assistance, please email becscholarship at gmail.com. Listen, parents, parents, seniors, this is free money. We've extended the deadline. Please, ma'am, please, sir, take advantage of this. I promise you it will be a blessing to your life. Also, calling all youth, calling all youth ages 6 to 18, 6 to 18. Parents, please have your children to join uh, Minister Charles and Gina Gray and Young Life Director Gerald Lundy uh, for an hour to reconnect and talk with your youth about the effects of the pandemic in their lives, milestones they have accomplished, and an opportunity to let them know that we miss them. Uh, let's get our youth reconnected and plugged back into Bethel. Our special Zoom session will take place on Monday, uh, March the 1st at 7 p.m. Tomorrow, March the 1st, Monday, 7 p.m., Join us by using the meeting ID 827-2433-1850 and the passcode is BBCM. We will see you there. Also, it's that time of the year again. Join the Daughters with Purpose and the Women with Purpose uh, for their annual mother-daughter brunch on Saturday, March the 13th. It's going down at 11 o'clock a.m. This year's event will be virtual and will include moms and daughters of all ages. Uh, there will be a contest for the best looking prepared breakfast. There's gonna be fun games and prizes for the winners. Uh, be sure to register by visiting the Church Center app or by visiting bbc-ministries.org forward slash brunch. And we hope to see you all there. And then last but certainly not least, calling all married couples. Uh, join the marriage ministry tonight as they add their own spin to the classic newlywed game. Uh, all you and your spouse need are paper and pen. There will be cash prizes for the winners of the games. The fun and laughter will take place on tonight.
tonight at 6 o'clock uh, p.m. Of course, this is on the Zoom platform as well. Uh, the Zoom ID is 814-9594-8855. The passcode is 607107. Uh, register you and your spouse today by visiting bbc-ministries.org forward slash newlywed. And again, we hope to see you there. Please keep all of these announcements in mind and do govern yourselves accordingly. Amen. Why don't you tell somebody down in the comment section that God loves you and so do I. Amen. Let them know that you miss them and you can't wait to see them uh, one day in the future uh, back here in this place. Until then, stay safe. Uh, continue to social distance, continue to wear your mask, continue to wash your hands, all that good stuff because we are concerned about your health. All right, when you said all you know, it is time to go. So let's get ready to look to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we thank you now for what our eyes have seen, what our ears have heard, what our hearts have felt. We thank you for the word of God on today. Uh, Father, we pray that we'll hide that word deep within our hearts that we may not sin against thee. Now, God, as we get ready to leave this place, whenever your presence, go with us and stand by us until we all meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. And we'll see you on Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. for prayer.